Hey guys, welcome to episode 197 of the Ryan is Super Strong podcast. This week, via Zoom, I get to have the man I've been waiting to have since I started this thing show, my best friend, Jake Harpster. Jake Harpster is a percussionist in the United States Army Band. He's a multi-talent, super-talent badass, and he's been one of my favorite people on the globe since... Really, since freshman year of college, we met, you know, you're going to hear all about this. Uh, that's where we became inseparable in so many ways. And I love this man. And, uh, you know, like I said before, this uh, crazy coronavirus time is allowing me to get some of these guys on my show who I never get to see in my life. Uh, you know, and I ideally would see them, but you're going to hear all about this. So I'll skip that for now because you're going to hear all more about that later on. Um, I actually have a couple little fun bits of news uh, this week. Uh, you can check out will reno past guest who you're also going to hear more about him in this episode because jake and i are such close friends with will uh but will reno started a instagram series called will eat and you can follow it at uh you can follow it at at underscore will underscore eat underscore what's underscores there and so you can follow there and watch his uh, mini series that's going on on Instagram. He, the reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm hyping it here is because they actually asked me to do the theme song for it. And so you can, if you follow that, if you go to underscore will underscore eat underscore, you will be able to see the mock-up that I did and then also hear it, uh, hear the theme song that I wrote um, for the show. Uh, but I'll play it right now here as well. Here it is. Pizza, sushi, corn dogs, fried chicken, sandwiches, cheeseburgers. So there you go. There's a little bit of writing of mine. Uh, just a goofy, goofy little theme song. I thought, you know, Will's favorite movie is that thing you do, and I wanted to go in that zone. And so I wrote that song for their show. So go follow that. It's an Instagram series, so you can't find it all over the place, but it is specific to Instagram. But it, uh, basically, Will is doing a show about eating out during COVID in Portland. All of his favorite spots for all kinds of awesome stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so check that out. It's shot amazingly by a producer and, and, and uh, camera you know, uh, aficionado named Adam Morell, who is the band director at Union High School which is where I uh, am writing, you know, a composer there for their percussion program. So lots of uh, lots of friendship going on right there in that show. So Adam and Will are putting together this great show, and I'm just happy to have my little part of it. It's awesome. And so I'll be hyping that all the time, I'm sure, because it's going to be awesome. Will is such a great foodie and a very knowledgeable person on food, but also very silly. And uh, so if you watch that show, you're going to have a blast. So check it out on Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, download it so that you can watch Will eat. <laughs> Uh, anyway, check that show out. The other thing is, I'm going to be on a show that uh, dear friend and past guest Granison Crawford is a, is a co-host on called Idea Party Podcast. That is on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube um, spelled Idea Party, P-R-T-Y, no A, podcast. All one word, Idea, P-R-T-Y, podcast. All one word, Idea Party Podcast. And so I'm going to be on that show this Thursday, July 16th. Uh, it's a live show. And so I'll be on it live on Thursday, the 16th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time. In Central Standard Time, at 6.30. East Coast Time, something else. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so check it out. Check it out. Uh, I don't know why I, you know, 
took so long to say those time zones. It just felt right in the moment, and now I regret it. But anyway, check that show out. I'm really excited. Grannis and Crawford and I are really close friends, and we never get to see each other now, as none of us do. Uh, and so he hit me up and was like, hey, I want to have you on the show. And so I was happy to do it. Um, and so I, I guess I haven't done it yet. I'm happy to agree to doing it. <laughs> and I'm really excited for that. So you can watch that live. Uh, if you go, if you want to, on Thursday at 4:30, or you can subscribe to the podcast uh, itself on the Apple Podcast app, Idea Party Podcast, spelled how I already spelled it, uh, and YouTube and Facebook. You can watch it. You can watch the video on Facebook and YouTube later, or you can uh, subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast later. So, or all all of the above. Um, and like I always say, you know, like these things, follow these people. These are Will Reno and Granison Crawford are two amazing men who I'm really really honored to be a part of the things that they're doing because I, th- I believe in them and they're hilarious and awesome people so check that stuff out you know and I, I, I love to hype projects of my friends and past guests that have been on the show because that's what this all, that's what this whole thing's about you know what I'm saying and it's kind of hard to put creative stuff together these days <laughs> so I'm proud of people that are doing it because it's just you know it's difficult it's more difficult than ever anyway all that being said I want to get to this week's show okay so you know go check those things out but right now you're here you're here for jake harpster you're here for two men who love each other dearly who get to sit down via zoom with drinks after drinking and just express their love to each other that's really all that's gonna happen some old stories some laughing but mostly just me and jake sharing with the world and writing it in stone here forever and onto the internet that we love each other very dearly (laughs) so get yourself comfortable to you know warm your ears up say some nice things to your ears right now you need some examples okay um hello ears you're looking good that'll get up going (laughs) i'd say kiss your ear but that's impossible blow a kiss to your ear via the mirror it'll reflect back we've all learned a lot about breathing and where that goes these days (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> warm your ears up because you're going to hear a lot of nice things. So say a few nice things to you, okay? Say a few nice things to you, warm it up, and get comfortable. Get yourself a beverage. Get yourself a snacky. I've been eating watermelon a lot lately. I highly recommend it. But not not fresh cut. Like I, I like to cut it, then I like to put it in the fridge, let it get cool overnight, and then I'm, I'm going ham on that watermelon. <laughs> so stupid to say ham anyways um do all those things get yourself a snack if you have a dog or a cat put it on your lap or snuggle it up close to you even if it's hot you know just share some animal companionship (laughs) get comfortable get comfy whatever that means for you right now whether you're working out or sitting in your living room or building a fire in the wilderness whatever you're doing get comfy sit back and most importantly Enjoy the freaking show! All right, welcome to the Ryan and Super Strong Podcast. This is Ryan Knutson, and I am, you guessed it, Super strong. Today's strength level is BFFs. <laughs> BFF best friends forever. <laughs> I'm with currently. Uh, this is an audio podcast, and so no one can see visually what I'm looking at. 
<laughs> Which is, I think everyone's grateful for that. <laughs> if you knew what I was seeing. <laughs> but BFS, man, this the the person that I have on today is a friend of mine. He's been a friend of mine since 2006, I believe. Is nerf 2005? I think is when we first met. This is a wonderful man, percussionist, dog dad. Uh, this is an incredible man. BFF is one of my best friends on the entire planet, and not even one. He is my best friend. I've wanted to have him on forever and a day. Uh, he's someone, uh, I've mentioned this before on a few podcasts lately uh, because of all these Zoom, these Zoom Corona files that I've been able to get people on the show that aren't typically in my zone. Uh, you know, this is typically an in-person experience, but because of Zoom, I've said, hey, some of these people that I've wanted to have on since day one, I'm finally having on because we just haven't had a chance to do the podcast. And we'll talk more about that soon. This is someone that I've wanted to have on since the very very first episode is one of my best friends on the planet a human man handsome to look at just a joy to be around a wonderful laugh and an unstoppable percussive force this is the wonderful jacob harvester what's up man i gotta say my my heart is like pounding right now because of two things first of all that lovely intro that was like some of the nicest things that anybody said about me in recent memory. And second of all, as a longtime listener to the pod, I've been like, and ever since we scheduled this, yeah. I've been wondering like what today's strength level would be. And now I know. And it's just, you know, my life is complete. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad you listened to this and I'm glad that you had those thoughts, you know, but, but BFS just seemed appropriate. You know, um, you're, you're, I, I, obviously, I think this episode could really could really fall into one of those kind of the category of like a full on compliment corner for the entire episode where I just say how much I love my friend <laughs> the whole time. Please, please go. Please start. <laughs> please start. <laughs> but I'll just yeah, I, could, I could see that happening. I could very well see that happening. It's just true. You know, and actually we're recording this on uh, what is today? The The crap ball what is the actual date of today 13th 13th wednesday right? may 13th you were supposed to be in california with me starting yesterday the 12th you were supposed to be here hanging with me man we were supposed this is supposed to be our week together we we're gonna have this blast of a of a friendship hang and now we can't have it that's very true it's it's one of the the saddest weeks of the quarantine so far there's been a lot of really sad weeks but um as as we were as we were discussing recently off air, the, the whole iCal thing of like having to face your, the sort of ghost of what your life would have been yeah. like by receiving these dumb iCal notifications. Yeah. Yeah. Like having this, having this LA trip booked and in the works and like everything was ready to go. And then just watching it, watching those days go by and here we are having yep. a beer on zoom. It's, it's yeah. sad, but also triumphant. It's good. Yeah, it's triumphant, I guess. Shit, fuck, damn it, <laughs> it's, it's triumphant in that, dude. How many times have we like accidentally seen one another because we're like traveling in each other's neck of the woods for various like work things or something like that, and then we end up like extending our trips to keep hanging with one another, and we're yeah. like, dude, we're gonna we're gonna report we're we're gonna record a podcast like tomorrow night, dude. We're doing it, and then. We just never do it. <laughs> and the closest we came, I was for sure we were going to get a podcast episode recorded. When you came into town uh, about a year and a half ago now, you came, yeah. I was 
teaching at the high school that I was teaching at, and I'm, you came into town. You, we were, we had one day together, and then, what? Ha- I can't remember what happened. You lost your ride, or so. What? Ha- what? No, what happened? So I had this whole trip planned where, like, I was in LA for work. Uh, we were doing some performances, and uh, we were, uh, you know, you and I had our our time together planned. Yeah. And then after that, I had my bike, and I flew in with my bike, and I was going to rent a car in LA and drive up to Yosemite and just spend a couple of days on my own, like biking around and hiking in Yosemite and just camping out. And then I was going to drive to San Francisco, do a couple more days of biking and just hanging out with, with random people and, and then fly out of San Francisco. Yep. And my plan that day, this is like a shameful moment for me. I, I stopped carrying a wallet because I'm like, I hate having stuff in my pockets. This is just like a sidebar, but I stopped carrying stuff in my pockets and I put my, like my ID and my credit card in my phone, like case. And that's it. And amidst all the planning, because it was like a work trip, a friend trip, a bike trip, camping and hiking. I had like all this gear and like all these logistics that were all kind of like wrapped into this one big thing. And the one thing that I forgot was to get my driver's license that I kept in my glove box in my car out of my car. So uh-huh. I was leaving your apartment in, in, uh, and I was going to drive, or not drive, I was going to ride my bike downtown LA to the rental car place and pick up my car. And I was like, cool, got my phone, got my wallet, got my driver. Fuck, I don't have my driver's license. <laughs> and then it was like a 10 minute like evaluation of like, this is like, how do I get to Northern California now? <laughs> but it all worked out because then we got to do a little bro trip. Well, to even ask me for help. I remember I, I, you were just like, "Is there any way you can get me into here or this weird like or, or, like yeah?" And I and I was sitting in my apartment about to go to like a rehearsal um, for for the the high school that I was teaching at, and I, and Lori was here, and we hadn't seen each other ever. Like we only had that one day together, and I dropped you off and all that stuff. And then you were texting me, and, and like, and I was sitting with Lori, and I was just like, "Man, I God, I just man, I wish I could just like dip out." for two days like I, i'd happily bring up there and camp with them for a couple of days and then like come back like it'd be and, and she was like do it she's like just do it you know and i, and, and I was like well i have to write this email and I, I, the, the school's gonna be weird if i take this time off and and then and, and then she was just like don't be an idiot just do it and i was like you're right i should have talked to you and i was like what if i could drive you up there and we you know and then we ended up doing that and we got to spend even more time together. And it was like that, that trip for me was unforgettable, man. I just, it's yeah. That was like a best case scenario. I mean, thanks first of all to the, the, um, the kind and like straightforward advice and viewpoint of your loving wife, Lori, who's amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Fiance. And, yeah. um, or see sorry, it's lit. Now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but like without her, like we both probably would have just made dumb decisions and like, you know, it's like that when you're in that moment of like professionalism and like, you can't see the forest for the trees and you're like, well, I committed myself to this. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this as much as it hurts me to do this. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to be like, dude, there's no, you know, no grownups. Like I can make this decision for myself and like <laughs> it ended up being the best case scenario. Thanks to, thanks to Lori there. Totally. But, um, yeah, man, that trip was awesome. We, uh, got some good hikes in, got some good camping in, even though the logistics were all screwed up screwed up well but that was the, that was my point to bring even bringing up that story right now at the top of the show was that like that was when i was like that was the surest i'd ever been i was like okay finally we're gonna get jake on the show i'm gonna bring all my travel gear the only problem is i need to get in, uh, a box like i need to get a plug-in for my car 
and so so like so like the one stop that you and I were like required to make uh, like was like all right well I'm driving Jake you look up where I can find a uh, like you know car charger to AC adapter you know and, and I'm sure I'm sure they have them at Walmart's and stuff and so you're like yeah I found a Walmart on our route like let's stop here so we stopped at Walmart to get that AC adapter which I still have in my car and have not used one time. <laughs> But I bought it for because I wanted to plug in uh, an interface on my computer so I could do a podcast episode with you. And we did that whole thing. We got it all set up. It was like I, I had every bit of gear, microphones, all this stuff on our camping trip <laughs> so that we could sit outside by the fire and like, do a podcast episode. And then we get to the camping site, and it's like the most serious quiet hours locked down like everyone here is waking up at 4 a.m. so they can scale this mountain tomorrow morning shut the fuck up <laughs> don't yeah, talk. <laughs> the only talking should be done on a whisper like don't make a sound <laughs> after 9 p.m. kind of thing and we're like trying to get drunk at 10 you know like, <laughs> we're just passing a bottle of maker's mark back and forth like i guess we shouldn't do this fucking podcast should we <laughs> like we probably should not do this we're getting <laughs> Just like but breathing too loud by our fire on. We also had a fire on two after hours too, because they they also had like lights out, and we kept that going like two hours late too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just I so- remember show, showing up and being like, "So we're staying somewhere tonight," and I was like, "Dude, my plan was just to like go to Camp Four. That's like where, like in my mind, that that's where like where all the rock climbers go, and that's like where the it's just sort of like open season." But like, not the not the like modern day Yosemite. Like, if you don't have a pass, you just get out of the valley. Like, don't even don't even go there. Well, and, and all so, like you're gonna get towed, you're gonna get ticketed, and there was cop, there was like uh, rangers rolling around when we were there. Like, you know, late night, and we we're just like, geez, this is like they're really serious. Because like, I've been camping a million times in my life, and it's like they're like even where it says like rangers will be coming through. It's like the rangers aren't coming through. I don't give a fuck. But like. Yeah. They, it was like no rangers are here on the hour like checking their shit like you know <laughs> we were just like what are we land everything <laughs> everything went wrong <laughs> but those are the things that bring you closer together it's just like in college when like the, totally. the, the, the like the the solidifying moments of friendship are when you like you know you're totally fucked for an exam but you're like we're in the class together and we're like i guess we're just gonna like I guess drink six Red Bulls tonight and just go to the library and like take the like until eight a.m. when the exam happens and whatever happens happens and then you know you're you're better friends for it afterwards. You I guess <laughs> together you get yeah. shared experience, man. No, that's everybody that we went to Indiana with is like, dude, you guys suck, man. Don't don't paint us in that light. <laughs> No, that's every constant, uh, but th- but that is just for the listeners. I wanted to let them know that, like you know, Jake has been uh, one of these people in my life. Is uh, you know, you're my best friend, man. I've wanted to have you on for, since day one. You know, it's kind of like l- letting my brother Jeff Knutson wait until episode 100 to be honest. It got, I, I should have had you on so much longer longer ago, and we tried like a year and a half ago, probably 60 or 70 episodes ago. <laughs> tried to have you on <laughs> really often. <laughs> but the, the cool thing is that, like now i'm doing these zoom episodes and i was like dude you got to come on during these zoom episodes you know just make it happen because I, I like as i say every episode during these corona files um is that like uh, the show is typically pretty evergreen we don't talk a lot about politics or like things that are going on at the time but right now it's impossible to ignore what we're all going through and it's also 
important to me to kind of give a peek into the lives of what everyone's going through right now, you know, all over the country and all over the globe, you know, and so you're a perfect example of that. But so how are you feeling, man? How are you? You're on the show now. You're you Man, as I said, like, my, my heart was, like, legitimately pounding. It's sort of this, like, um, like, I'm used to hearing your voice. Like, we were roommates for years and years, and, like, like your voice is just one of those, like, voices that's ingrained in your, in your ears. Like, you don't even think about it. But, like, it's a weird juxtaposition because I listen to your podcast, like, when I'm, like, walking the dog or driving or whatever. Yeah. And so to like to hear the woohoo hey everybody like it was like oh shit it's happening you know and like I'll admit it's like a little bit starstruck to hear your little like opening compliment corner and to like this like slow build up of like all the times we said we would do it and then just like it failed. I'm feeling pretty good man. I'm feeling pretty like my heart's my heart's racing and I'm just like I'm swooning for this right now. <laughs> That's awesome man. How are you doing man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I, I do want to say, I don't even think I said this in the intro. Well, the, the, the thing is, I, what I want to hear about now is, you know, every guest gets the same question, the same question, first question, which we've already talked a bunch about different stuff. But the first question I give to all my guests is the same. And that's just simply, hey, who are you and what are you doing here? You know? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, who are you, Jacob? <laughs> Yeah, dude. Well, I'm just I'm I'm just a friend of yours, and you know, I play drums, and uh, I think I think you mentioned it. Like I, I'm a, I'm a dog dad, and so like just got my pup chilling here with me, and like that dude. That's that's all I am right now. Your percussion to, fucking U.S. Army band in Washington D.C. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I play drums for the for the U.S. Army band, and um. It's a weird time like everything we're doing is like moving online right now um but it's nice we can still keep performing and keep doing the things that we do just in a different capacity it's kind of requires a different like mode of thinking and uh different like sort of creative muscle to try to get different things happening um than the sort of like daily plug and chug like concert series and stuff like that but uh you are a yeah, it's, it's been good. for blast for years that is true that is true. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, you played Marimba Spiritual on that show, which is a which is a piece that we played a bunch together in college. <laughs> That's right. Remember, you remember writing those breaks together? It was it was you were the obviously it was you and and then but you you got um, me and Nick Taylor, past guest, uh, and Sam Lentz to back you up, right? I do remember that. I remember that probably the most memorable event. So. To paint the picture, we were juniors in college, and we were all that year presenting our um, our junior recitals, which is sort of the first big thing that you do as a as like a music major at this like amazing institution that we were all still in awe of being at. Yeah. And I didn't take that. None of us took that lightly. Like we were all really working our asses off and like trying to put the best product forward that we possibly could. We all understood the gravity of like the situation we were all in, and. Um, it was right. It was like at the tail end of winter break when like for some reason in college, it's like eight weeks long. Like that's way too long. Yeah. And we were all coming back into town and I had been practicing all break and like we were going to like put this together and my like hearing, like my approval hearing for that was the next morning. Right. And um, we decided to be like, well, I think prior to that, our friend Sam, who 
always had the best wine, like like wine that no college kid should ever have access to. <laughs> Brought in like a bottle of port, like uh, this r- amazing bottle of port. Like I probably still wouldn't go to the store and be like, I can afford that bottle of port. Here, and here. and uh, Brought in and was like, let's just, like drink this while we come up with this like thing that we have to write so we can play it tomorrow for all of our major professors. And we didn't even have like a wine key and we ended up like opening it with a drumstick. <laughs> Are we like criminating ourselves talking about this? I don't even oh, know. More than six years, we're fine. We're, uh, uh, Statute of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you're totally right because I, I remember that too. I, I, like, like, let's bring some wine. Sounds like I got it. And we thought we were like so dope, and then we got there, and we're like, oh shit! None of us brought an opener. And so Nick <laughs> and Sam and you and I going like, how do we fucking handle this? What do we do? And then yeah, the, the idea for stick like push the cork through with a drumstick was the funniest thing ever and it worked perfectly except for wine the, <laughs> under the, the volcano of port wine that went up two stories and got on the tile ceiling yeah because that room was like built yeah it was specifically like in the middle like that room was two stories tall right so there's like it was like really high ceilings on that big <laughs> it marked the ceiling with wine and it marked the whole room with wine but we we, we all scattered and like cleaned up as much wine as we could and then we all still got a good, good, clean glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, we passed it around. It was good. Oh, <laughs> uh, but we. But def- yeah, marimba spiritual man. That was that was like the, that was like the crux of our, of our playing that year. I think like we we wrote all that stuff like that drum break together, and we were we were feeling all inspired and yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And then, and then yeah, somehow I I got to continue performing an iteration of that piece for. Two years um, with uh, with the Broadway show Blast, yeah. Californian did it, and it was just so funny, like seeing you play Marimba Spiritual in Blast, which Blast is just an incredible show, and you did all this stuff, and like Michael Spiro helped do a bunch of the like the the world percussion stuff for like the original writing of that show, and so just like when I remember see- I remember seeing that theater, I think, and like I can't remember what town that was, northwest of LA, but like but that that theater that you guys played in. Um, we but, did a week downtown. What's what's the hall right across from Disney Hall? I think where the opera plays. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, I didn't see you guys there. I saw you guys in a different theater up north. I can't remember what, what, what town that was. Oh, oh, that's right. I don't remember. That all runs together. That was, but it was. I mean, it was packed house and it was awesome. It was such a great show. But it was just so awesome watching you in that setting and then like seeing Mermaid Spiritual again and stuff. It was just like, man, this is so crazy. Brought that. <laughs> Like the you know the upper echelon could ever be, but yeah, it's cool, man. Oh. I think I still have a recording of that on my computer somewhere. I'll have to find that so we can oh, listen to the thing that we thought was so epic and like well recorded back in the day, and then just see how oh, terrible it is now. China symbols is what it was, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, playing so, China symbols with those like those Vic Firth like Rite of Spring bass drum mallets. Yeah, dude, that is dope. <laughs> <laughs> so much. But that's oh, but that's like that's not even the beginnings of you and our friendship. I like so typically I'll I'll give you this information right off the top. Typically I, I prepare all kinds of questions and all kinds of things for every guest. But when it's somebody like you who I've just known forever, I'm just like I just want to talk to you. I want to talk about memories that pop up in our brains. Um, and I have so many goddamn memories about you. And and I, and I think like I, my very first memory of you. Uh, and like, and, and me, it, like you and my friendship was not a positive one and it's my fault. And I think it's, I think that it's very important. I think it's important to mention. 
that I was that I was an asshole. <laughs> He's giving me the cut sign. You don't want to talk about it? No, man, it's good. Like we, I think any good friendship starts on like Rocky Road, like where you're like you're sort of challenging one another. Like yeah. I wouldn't say I'm ever like an alpha male. You're you're probably a little bit more of an alpha than I am. And in that moment, you were like you were definitely like, hey man, this is my turf because we were at like a like a nerdy, like dorky, like high school festival together. <laughs> and the Wind Festival at University of Kansas. Wonderful festival. Recommend it for all you band directors, for your students. It's amazing. But yeah, we're, we're like... Jake's exactly right. Like th- this was my second year at the festival and it was Jake's first year. So I, I, I guess I probably had big men on campus vibe. Dude, until this moment, I didn't even realize that was your second year there. I probably would have, I probably would have like, bent the knee, you know, and like paid you the respect you deserved. <laughs> Shit. I didn't even know that dude. I just came in hot. I just came in hot playing um, monograph four by Richard Gibson. Yeah. And you know, that was that, but yeah, we definitely, we definitely left that festival. Like, man, that guy's kind of a dickhead. And then we realized we were going to be on like KU drumline together. And we were like, I think I really like this guy actually. Yeah. It was, it was, there was a big switch where like, I, I kind of teased you and, and, and like, but, and like, it was just, I, I, I didn't I, like, it's funny to hear you put it as like alpha male back then. I was just like a big, loud, dumb idiot. And, uh, and, and I'm still the same exact way now, but I understand, I understand in my, as I've aged up that like, sometimes when the guy that la- like enters a room loudest <laughs> comes off as like being alpha when I'm really just being like dumb. I don't think alpha is the right word. I think you were just like by far the most confident high school kid I'd ever met at that point in my life. And I was like, how does he do this? Like, I just want to shut up and play drums. And he's so confident. Like, oh my God. So it's like, I think I just, like, you just were like being yourself. And I was just kind of like, oh my God. Like, this guy's so like I, over, like, he's just like the la- yeah, exactly the loudest guy in the room. Well, and I just remember. But- Watching you play marimba and stuff, and it's been like, oh fuck! Everybody I see at percussion sucks. Like, I, I like, like I, I remember getting that. Like, and that's whenever I've gone back to like Wichita to get master classes or talk to old high like schools I've been to and stuff. I'm just like, guys, you just like, if you think you're the best in your school in Wichita, you just need to step outside and like see, and meet some more people. Like, you know, and that was my my early studies and like meeting people, which you know a lot of those. Um, a lot of those, for example, were like Josh Franz and Shane Nichols and stuff. Like guys, where you're just like, "Holy shit, this guy lives 45 minutes away from Wichita, and kicks everybody's ass I've ever seen in Wichita," you know, or whatever. And, and yeah. I'm like, dude, like you don't have to step far to see how much better people are outside of our hometown. Like, go, like go check some people out. And Wichita's a big place, you know. And so I just I hated it when people got egotistical in that town around me because I was just like, dude, go, like go fucking take a walk. And check people out. And I remember, like, that was my senior year in high school when we went to Prairie Wind Festival. And that was that was the year that you went. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, because I went the year before it as well. Because um, Dr. Lynch had been the, uh, like, the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Band director or whatever. And I was like, Ryan, you should you should seriously come to this camp. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And, and he gave me a scholarship to go for free or whatever. So uh, I think all we had to figure out was, like, where I was going to stay, and I just, like, stayed with a college student or something. I, I can't even remember how that all went down that time. But it's Scandalous, just, but yeah. <laughs> Could never happen today, but yeah. Scandalous. <laughs> I got touched a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's, like, it's, like, a weird deep dive of, like, philosophy of, like, 
of that part of our lives. Like I remember specifically my band director at that time, cause I was like considering a bunch of like, you know, like local schools and like, I didn't know where I wanted to go to college. I knew like, you know, it's really expensive to go out of state or like audition for conservatories. So I was kind of just looking at like keeping college cheap, you know, cause like we come from just these like humble Midwestern families. Like, like there's not like a this huge college fund just to go wherever we want, whenever we want. Um, and I remember my band director telling me like, it's so much better. It might not feel like it right now, but it's so much better to be a small fish in a big pond than a big fish in a small pond. And <laughs> like, that's something that like a young student like doesn't really understand. It just feels good to be good. Yeah. And I think that's like what you and I realized upon meeting each other individually, like, like we were, we showed up at this thing. We were both like, had this like immense respect that as like inept emotionally like inept high school kids, we didn't know how to like express to one another, yeah. but it was like, I really respect this guy, but that also means I have to stand my ground, <laughs> you know? Um, but like that, that philosophy, I think like that's why you and I developed such a bond. So, so early on in our uh, relationship together and like why we kept going on the path that we did that was like sort of so parallel, but, you know, like, so it, it was like different, but the same, like all the way down the line is because we've, we love like surrounding ourselves with people who are like way fucking better than us at yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we can just like learn about it. Like you feel small in the moment, but you also like, you know, that like being with this person is, or like hanging around this person or talking to this person or like listening to the music that this person recommends is going to like get you to a place that you never could without yeah. that. And so it's sort of that, that juxtaposition of like, putting your, you know, like what you think, you know, aside to just be like, like immersive in like what the world has to offer you. And that's something that I think without ever really acknowledging like that in words until like right now, you and I have always kind of like done together. And that's why we've always like enjoyed like living together and being best buds and like talking about any number of subjects that we like to talk about, whether it's like drums or like camping and hiking or like stand up comedy or like whatever, like little thing is that we're interested in. Uh, in the, in that conversation, I think it's that aspect that like has kept us like intellectually, like on the same path, like all these years. Totally, man. Yeah. And I dude, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm th like reflecting on our, like our, our travels as friends, you know, throughout the years and stuff. I'm like, I'm just, I, I feel like this episode could go on for hours and hours and hours and just like, like, uh, kind of investigating all of these different things. But I wonder, like, I wonder about like, you were so driven to be an, a monster marimba soloist, like like Bobo. You know, um, and I, I, correct me if I if I say something that you don't agree with, but like, but I, it, when I met you, I felt like this guy is like the fucking next Bobo, like you know, just a marimba monster at this instrument. Um, and I and I still agree with that to this day. Um, but I, I wonder, do, what if what if I I was never that. I was never that, you know, but do you think we would have the same friendship if I was that same vibe or do you think we would have gone too hard on competition? I think like there's like an idiom here that applies to this, but I can't think of it. But like we're, we're in the, ex we're like we're in the trenches together, uh -huh. but we weren't like fighting the, we weren't like fighting at the exact same enemy. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. I think if, if, like we would have, we would have like overlapped too much if like you and I were both trying to like, you know, granted, like at this point you and I are both like way more well-rounded than like the person we were in 2006 but or, or 2007 like, or whatever. 
Um, but at the time, like that's, that's the, the, those were our like childhood motivators. Like I saw Bobo perform. Yeah, I mean, my high school didn't even have a marimba until my senior year of high school. Like I'd like beg, borrow and steal to practice on even an instrument until a senior. And now I teach like kids that are in like sixth grade that have five octave marimba ones. Marimba. Practice on. And it's just like, dude, you don't even realize, but, um, yeah, I saw Bobo play at the Kansas PAS day of percussion. I think it was at Kansas State in like 04 maybe. And I mean, I'll never forget this. He played Marriage of the Lamb and I had never seen a few things. I never saw a five octave marimba. I never, I had never seen a rosewood marimba. I had never seen somebody play with four mallets before. And because of these things, I had no context for like how insane it was what he was doing. And it wasn't until like, I remember I went and I bought a copy of Marriage of the Lamb, which I still have on my bookshelf here right now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've been like plucking through it during quarantine. And it's like, I, I had this moment the other day when I was just like reading through it and like enjoying beautiful, playing beautiful music uh, while we're all like kind of stuck at home, you know? And I was like, this is the exact like score that I bought the first time I ever even learned what a marimba was. It was like this sort of weird emotional moment. I know yeah. I'm sort of like digressing here, but like, um, like that was sort of the, like, I didn't know who Bobo was. I didn't know how incredible what he was doing at that time was. And so to me, I was like, this is just what I want to do. Like, and I just started like working really hard at doing that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think if like you and I had both had that exact same, cause that's already such a niche thing, what we both do. But like, if it was the, the super niche thing within the super niche thing that we both do, that you and I were both like from like our 16 year old brains were like, this is what my life's work needs to be. Yeah. We probably would have like hated one another. <laughs> <laughs> because we would have just been like, nope, I'm better than him. Like, or nope, like this is like his take on this is like not correct. Um, but we had that, like just enough of that, like membrane between us where we were like going down the same path, but like they were right next to each other and they, they never quite like had to intersect in that way. And also I feel, I feel like we were also brought together because like, uh, Josh Franz and Shane Nichols were, uh, it were like best friends when they were juniors when we started. And, yeah. uh, everyone was just like, oh, here's the next Josh and Shane. And you and I took that very seriously because they were such badass percussionists that we were like, yeah. yeah, we'll be the next Josh and Shane, but we'll be even cooler and better <laughs> badass. Or, you know, we just like, like just be a dick, you know, that stuff. But we we're like, we're going to compete. If we're going to compete and be called that, like, because people literally said that, like, this is the next Josh and Shane. Or we were just best buds and hanging out all the time. But we really had, I remember, I, I remember so viscerally, like, Seeing you, you come back because you had marched in uh, Crown Royal. Uh, Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to take a shot now. <laughs> that's the that's the name of the game, dude. If you mistake a uh, name of a DCI group for a, a booze, that's the original rules of the podcast drinking game. If you call a drum corps a brand of whiskey, you have to take a shot of whiskey. Okay, sweet. Well, I'm doing vodka, but I'll take a shot with you, my friend. All right. Um. Cheers. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, was, you had just got back from Carolina crown marching crown Royal. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you just got back and I, you walked in and, oh, with Andy Forsler who had just, uh, he, he marched with you and all that stuff. And, and I, and I, you guys got back and we had done, we had been doing band camp, you know, for the last a couple months or whatever, you know, during the summer and you guys got to just kind of like walk on to your spots cause you had done DCI 
and I remember be, just being like, here's this guy. Like, I, I remember him. And you and I had this very visceral feeling of like, he doesn't even remember me. I remember him from like a few months ago. We did Prairie Win. And, and like, and it was, and I remember you like making eye contact with me and just being like, oh no, he does remember me. He does, he remembers me. And it was like very, and it was very like, like uh, angsty at the beginning. But then like that night, we all went to like Shakey's or not, what is it? What's the, not Shakey's Shakey's is California. What's the pizza place that we all went to in Midwest? Um, CC's CC's pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pizza. And like, I just sat next to you and we were just like cracking up and literally like that night became best friends. Like <laughs> yeah, it, the, the change from like, I don't really know this guy, but I feel some somehow like threatened by him or something. And like our friendship, we, we, like, we don't have like we're enemies or something. And then like, we all went to CC's pizza for $5. All you can eat college buffet or whatever. And then that night, just becoming like the best friends and we just never stopped wanting to be best friends, you know? Yeah, man. I remember that. I remember that vividly too. Cause I was like, I had just finished. Yeah. Like a season of drum corps, which like probably a lot of your listeners don't like relate to that or know exactly what that is. But like, it's, it's, it's like this crazy weird thing, especially when you're like 16, 17 years old and you like travel for the summer with like people that are like really badass at music too. It's like, it was awesome. I remember just coming back and being like, I'm so scared about like going to college. I'm so scared about like making friends. And like, I didn't like you and Andy were the two people I knew the most. And I had only encountered you guys at like local Kansas, like all state or like whatever, like weekend festivals, you know? And, um, but yeah, it was just like instantaneously like, all right, let's do this. I, I think there was just that energy of like, we both wanted to be really good at this and like, yeah, it was awesome. No man, I, I I'll never forget those days. Like, and they say the people that you befriend in college are the ones that you're gonna have forever. Um, like the friends. I remember you saying that all the time back then, and I remember being like, I think this guy's right about that. God damn, there's so many stories that I want to like reminisce about, but I just don't know if they're like. How many people said that to us? But I just remember being like, it's untested. It's untested. <laughs> untested. <laughs> untested. <laughs> Wait, test- you weren't tested. <laughs> I haven't been tested for anything, no, but I, just, I just, <laughs> will this, like, yeah, of course. But I just like at that age, you just make friends so rapidly every year, and it takes time to like level out and stop, like, to, to like to, to stop like changing so much as a human and stop like meeting all these different people and stuff, and then and then and then it it kind of boils down into this kind of very distilled version of who the the friends are that you really really want to hang out with for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. But you I, think, I think that's like, that's like an interesting, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It cut out. What, what was that? I was just saying you, you and I were there for all of the distilling, you know, like that's why you're one of my favorite people on the globe is just like, we went through all the same stuff together for so long that I don't have, I don't have anybody else in my life that shares the same story. Like, like you do with me, you know? Yeah. That's, that's definitely like the X factor, I think, because like, what if we're if we're discussing like the college experience like we had that vehicle like we had that vehicle that was like going to take us into like other phases of our life but that we went through like the trenches of it together yeah um you know where I, I don't know like it's weird especially living in a city like dc i'm sure it's like the same in la like when i was in chicago i had enough of like an arts community that like i didn't feel like i was exposed to this as much but like in dc a lot of my friends are like you know, they're like lawyers or they like, like my, my partner, she like works in law and, um, 
just a lot of people that I know through, through various friend groups in DC. It's like, it's a very like well pedigreed, like amazing place. But there's a lot of people who I meet, um, like nobody specific, but a lot of people that I meet that are just like, I don't think they had that like really grounding, like college experience. Like it, it was an education and it was a, an amazing education, but like, I don't hear people talk about it. Like we talk about like our friend group, you know, like we had such a, such like a insanely, like what's the word I'm looking for? It was just like a, like a super insane bond that we had like with, with all of us. Like we worked our absolute asses off, but we also like hung out all the time. And it was just like, it was like a family for four years, you know? Yeah. Oh man. It's awesome. It's, it's such a, such a joy to think about. Like you said, okay. So you said, you said there are so many memories you would like to revisit. Um, but like, but we obviously don't have enough time to just, you know, just to just go on and on and on and on about all the memories we have, but what's something that pops in your head immediately that you want to share? Oh my God. Well, the one that I, that was in my head when I said that, um, it was, well, like, you know, a part of a, anybody, any young lad's college experience is like maybe trying a beer, you know, like an illicit beer for the first time. So sue me. I, I did, I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I remember specifically, I'm going to try to make this story charming and not as like, <laughs> not as gross as it was. But like, I remember we were going to our first drumline party uh, as like freshmen. And this was maybe, maybe a week after the aforementioned CC's pizza night where like, we were like, I, I like this guy a lot. I think we're going to, we're going to go far together. Yeah. And, uh, we like hung out every day. We like ate every meal together in our, in our little like dorm cafeteria. Yep. We would like go to Chick-fil-A together. Um, and like practice at the same time, take practice breaks at the same time, like drink Coca-Colas outside. Like everything was great. It was awesome. And then we had our first like, it was like something from, from like a, a shitty movie that you would watch like in high school and be like, Oh, I'm going to have to make that decision someday when I get to college. And I remember like specifically you and I, cause another thing that you and I bonded over was like, we didn't really drink or like take part in like that side of things in high school. Um, we were both pretty, not like straight edge, but we were just like focused and like doing our own thing. Didn't really feel the need to like partake in all that. Um, dorks, but, um, <laughs> <Nerds>. <laughs> There's, but I remember like actually just a sidebar. I'm really actually really happy that you brought that up because that is a part of my high school experience that like that I don't talk about, which is just like, I didn't really uh, party at all. You know, I mean, and uh, there, there's several reasons for that, but and I tried beer and tried drinking and stuff, but like, well before college, but I, I just, I, I was very like you are, uh, we, we were like, we had these silly sides, but it was kind of always like geared at like, I need to take this next big step. So like, I need to be very serious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like uh, a strange trait for like a kid that age to have is like being that like goal oriented and like making their life like focus into that like vector of like goal orientedness. But like we both had that. And I think that's another thing we both recognize in each other as, as young dudes that like we just saw that and it just like it, it, it was like unspoken. Like at that time we did not, we did not have even close to the language or like the capacity to understand that, but like it just clicked. And I think like looking back decades later, like that's why. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I remember, yeah, probably the most like 
made for TV, like college peer pressure movie <laughs> moment of like our, of our early friendship together was like um, all of our like older friend, like upperclassmen friends had, they had a thing called, um, what was it called? The big green. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it, it's um, for, for the listeners out there that, um, are familiar with, with certain things like this. It's uh, a beverage called jungle juice. And, uh, I didn't know at the time you drink it out of a bathtub and it's just like this big, <laughs> big like crock pot of like horrible boozeness. Yeah. And in my like dumb, like innocent brain, I was like, Oh, it's just like spiked Kool-Aid. And so I drank as much as a kid who thought it was spiked Kool-Aid. And I just, you know, it didn't, it didn't agree with my tummy, but I was responsible. I was like very responsible. And I was like, Hey man, well, I should, I should preface this by saying going into this, you and I had our first little disagreement. I should say our second little disagreement. Okay. (laughs) But I remember being like, Hey man, I think I'm going to like drink tonight. And you were like, are you serious? I'm definitely not going to drink tonight. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, all right, cool dork. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I get it though. Yeah. No, but I was like, I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I will drive if you will drive my car home. Like if you're not going to drink and we like agreed on that beforehand. So like we, we made the responsible choices, but I remember like getting back to the dorms that night and just being like, you were right. He's not going to, he's not going to want to be friends with me anymore because I, I'm like drunk and he's not. And that was, you know, Dude, I would have never remembered that had you not told me that story again. But I, but I, cl- I do remember that story. Oh my goodness! Because I'll be honest, like those weeks, like we're talking about being very straight edge to just like drinking like crazy, and it literally probably took us about two weeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my my thing, like I had been drunk before, like I had been hardcore drunk before because I I visited my brothers in Los Angeles. And I had this, I had this, my reasoning for not getting drunk in high school was like, I was kind of stuck up about it. I, I, I would be like, dude, I went to Los Angeles over the summer. I got wasted with my brothers, like, you know, like drinking <laughs> all day long or whatever, you know, and like, and, and now you're telling me we're at a party and you have 13 beers and it's the whole party or whatever. Like, and I just was like, <laughs> and dude, I, had, I could totally see 16 year old Ryan saying that, by the way. I, I had a very like stuck up attitude about partying, like which is r- ridiculous to say. I don't know anybody that says that or describes themselves that way, but my brothers are much older than I am, and so like I remember <laughs> coming back to Wichita, I mean, like after like a summer with like spending a couple of weeks with my brothers who are eight and six years older than me, and just like drinking with all their buds and stuff, and going to the beach, getting drunk all day and stuff. And I so like I'd come back to Kansas and be like, and they'd be like, okay, dude, come over. We have we have thirteen beers. I remember that number very specifically for whatever reason. And they and, and they'd be like, come over and get drunk. And I'd be like, uh, I drank thirteen beers in a day. Like, yeah, you know, fuck that. <laughs> Are you serious? That's that's way too many beers, dude. That's a lot of beers. That's a lot of beers. So, so I probably didn't do that at that age. But <laughs> just thinking, <laughs> just thinking, it was stupid because I'd you know thirty packs and stuff, you know, rolled out very easily by people, you know. And so, I, but I remember when I got to college, though, I remember being like, but I'm in college, and it'd be very strict about this i need to be very careful but that like but you are also that so i think we tempered our we, you and i tempered our like development into it probably the perfect perfect amount because it was like I, I remember that very specifically driving you home in your car uh like driving you like driving your car back and stuff and like and you doing 
<laughs> I, I totally forgot about that. But but then but but I but I also remember uh, Paul Schapker, past guest, who, who you know one of my dear friends in the world. He he <laughs> he like he got drunk one of those nights, and I was just like, oh man, that sucks. That you must like sucks to be that drunk you're throwing up and stuff that's ridiculous you really lost control and like the next weekend me being that like like going to drumline like the, that saturday after the party and being like i was the crazy hungover one that couldn't like couldn't function and stuff i remember that morning because that was like that was also one of those dumb mornings that we had to be there at like 6 a.m yeah. for like a for like a 25 degree rehearsal out on um what's like the football field down there called i can't remember anymore but like, I remember just like freezing my ass off and it's looking like, over. It was all dictated by like the time that kickoff was. So it's like they have a noon kickoff. So that means we have to be up at four in the morning. You know, like God damn, fuck. <laughs> I remember just seeing you over there. You had your um, like your sleeves pulled up like this over your bass drum mallets. And you're holding bass drum four, just like <laughs> you're like kind of lean back and just like in this state of like, if I don't move. Nothing can hurt me. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I can see it in my mind's eye. And I wish I had like, like the verbal palette to paint this for all the listeners because it was like a, a wonderful moment. I mean, it was a terrible moment. I also think like, it was the same morning that like, cause you remember there was like always somebody was in charge of bringing breakfast for the drum line. Yes. On drum line. And that morning I remember there was like, I can't remember who it was that brought it, but they brought like a gallon sized Ziploc bag of pancakes and a gallon sized <laughs> bag of like little sausage links. Do you remember that? Yes. And I was And they were all cold. They were all they cold were, by the time we got to them. And cold. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I remember, I remember like being so like it was the first time I'd been like I have I slept for one hour or like I slept for an hour and a half. I was wasted an hour and a half ago. I don't understand alcohol at all. My life. <laughs> now the only food available to me is like cold hard pancakes and cold. Salt. Oh my god! This is another one of those like deep unlocked memories that like now that you're saying cold frozen pancakes like i remember that morning so vividly and just how miserable i remember it was like ethan Golub, who was like a, who's also a past guest on the show who was just like just eat it just eat it just eat it like you'll feel better it like <laughs> and i'm just like oh fuck i hate this life like all right my life with about drumming and drinking <laughs> but also being 18 i mean 21 years old uh <laughs> 23 we were all like you were doing it again that night like like you you beat your hangover in like two hours and then like the game ended and everybody was like all right man house party over here yeah because we that that was literally that that was that was the structure like we we would we would do the we'd do the game we do all that stuff and then like we would all like rush to get our uniforms off and then where was the party you know it was like uniforms off party time you know, but that was that's also why you and I got the nerd <laughs> tag was that you and I were like we'll be at the party in like three or four hours because you and I would always go down, you know, to the building and hit hit the practice rooms on a Saturday afternoon for like three or four. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember like because you and I were also the only two uh, Ed performance double majors, and we were like, it's still something I think about and like talk about when I when the subject comes up is like we were just like yeah like we're or actually we weren't even double majors at the time we were just Ed majors. And there was like a, like a, like a, a matrix of like, if you are this major, 
this is like what you're expected to practice per week. And it'd be like 14 hours or 21 hours or something like that. And we were just like, no, we're just going to do everything that performance majors do. So we have like our degree and then like, um, yeah, we'll just like blow everybody out of the water. That was yeah. sort of our mentality. And so I'm not saying we did that, but that was our mentality at the time. And, um, no, yeah, eventually we like smartened up and just like became performance majors, but <laughs> well, no, no, but yeah, that's another thing that you and I have in common with our career paths was that, uh, at KU, you, you're, 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 you're diagnosing that mentality exactly correct. In my opinion, like, okay, the ed majors do this, the performance majors do this, like, and so all of the ed majors were like, we're going to do all the things that the performance majors do. Like it was like, like if we want to teach, we have to be the best performers of all the people. Like it, that was the vibe at KU. And then you and yeah. I, IU, and we kept our double major status. And you and I quickly within like the first semester, we're, we're like, this is insane. Like we're both already teaching in high schools. Like everything is like theoretical writings about what teaching might be like, you know? And we're like, we're teaching in high schools and we're performing like crazy. Like, and like all the people that like, and I remember, I remember the day that you and I decided to drop education was that day. I won't say the professor's name. Yes. Yes. And she was like, sometimes I still like to get my saxophone out and play and play a little little bit of saxophone. Just so I remember that one day I used to be good at saxophone or whatever. And we were like, no. Yeah. (laughs) And, and the thing that made that even worse, dude, I was going to bring this exact same story up. I'm so glad you did. But the other part of that was we were in the middle of doing this like horrendous, insane. like insane project about ethnomusicology while like, like from a music ed look and like we're, we're privileged that we went to like, and we were able to go to an amazing institution and like we had an amazing experience with every professor. It was wonderful. But I remember this, like, again, this like juxtaposition of, we were studying at the time with Michael Spiro, who is like one of like, he's like a living ethnomusicologist who is like both like understands the culture and the performance aspect and like is ingrained in like the most pure authentic sense as an ethnomusicologist. And that is like, before I even knew what ethno quote unquote ethnomusicology was, I knew like that's what it was. Right. And so we were like studying with him and learning from him and like, you know, we, you and I had that zoom call with all of our like old IU buddies, like about yeah. how, like all the crazy stuff that he would pull, like, like we would stay at the building until whatever time at night, just to like learn some new, like happy calls and like all this stuff. Like he just, you like when he was in town, you like lived, ate, slept what he was giving out because you knew it was just like really authentic and amazing. Yep. And then we would go to this, like a music ed ethnomusicology project where it was like everything was the opposite of that. All those in quotes, just like you guys. Yeah. Bunch of white. Everything was the opposite of that. And so it's like, we're doing this horrible, inauthentic, like just busy worky project that was taking like weeks of our lives away. And like, we could see it, like we could see it cutting into our practice time. We could see it cutting into like all the things that we actually cared about. And then it, it was that, that, that infamous comment of like, well, I remember when I used to practice my instrument and we were just like, cool deuces yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. 
we lived together at the time. I remember we, we literally, quite literally, walked out of that class and went, fuck our double major. We're done with this. Like, I, like that's not what either of us are getting into this for. And we, and we like, both called our advisors and stuff, and, we, and like, that night figured out what we had. And, like, luckily we're still, like, a week beyond like a week before drop period or whatever and we both dropped everything and we we're just like all right well now our music performance so it's fucking <laughs> not doing that here but it was a very different vibe you know i mean and not to, not to disparage iu by any means and not to like say that ku is better blah, blah, or anything like like we both know where ku and iu land on our psyches but 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 like that was something that ku offered uh that I really appreciate KU for was just like, no, if you want to teach music, then you need to be the most badass person on the planet to do it. You know? And not that, not that everybody coming out of there will be that, but I, I just mean like that was the attitude. It was just like, no, if you want to teach, then you need to put as much hours into this, into this as whatever, you know, but it's yeah. a mentality. But, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that, that's like, yeah, that's like why it bled into uh, the decision we we ultimately had to make there. Yeah. But like, but I think that like that outlook that we were talking about before of like, I will just be as good as everybody else or better than everybody. Like, performance was still the goal. Like, we wanted to be professional performing musicians. Yeah. Um, like, this is actually sort of forcing me to look back on that decision, and I remember everything around it. Like, we both left. We called our advisors. We we went to our, our prof- major professors in, um, in the, like the percussion department. And like, I think now, like as an adult and who, like if I had a university teaching position and I had a 19 year old kid coming to me being like, I had one bad class. Like I want to drop this whole major. I'd be like, okay, pump your fucking brakes. Let's think about this from all angles. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think like we had already sort of proven like what our goals were. And so our professors were just like, yeah, you made the right choice. Um, and I, you know, like I think about it now looking back and I'm like, wow, that was kind of a pivotal decision. Like that literally defines like what kind of jobs after college were, um, eligible to even apply for in a world of music of which like there are few jobs to apply for, you know? Yeah. But like, I never even thought twice about it. I literally like did it and I was like, cool. The, this, the form is signed, like, cool, I'm done. I'm just, like, going to go practice now. Because right. we were just, like, that focused on just doing what we were going to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I, that's so formative. I mean, like, obviously, there, there are – dude, I, we could sit here all day and tell stories about K just, – just KU, that period. Yeah. And that's not even getting into the IU or, like, meeting Nick Taylor together. <laughs> it's like – like, like, Who's you know, that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh like all these different stories like we could go on forever and i want and i honestly want to and i I, I, like even in 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 this interview quote unquote i'm i'm like thinking about how like could i just continue could we just talk for four hours all this like a three episode thing but i'm just like that's just super indulgent on my own part because i just want to talk to you about this stuff it's just so much fun um but i i think this is a good start to our first interview about all this stuff. Like we're talking a lot about KU and the transition. And I think that people will like IRA students and st- things like that will delve into this type of information to start to like, kind of uh, dissect their own process and stuff. But it, it, because it's it, these, the stories that we've talked about so far have really been some of the integral 
like decision points that you and I have faced together. Um, and we could really go way further in depth in all of those. Cause I, I even wanted to ask the question of just like, I remember that day so vividly when we heard that lecture and then decided to change our major and we both did it. And I'm even asking questions to myself of like, did you talk to your mom or your dad? Like, like before we made that decision or do we just do it? Cause we both like we rooted ourselves on. I don't think I talked about it to anybody, you know? Did you, did you call your mom? Or no, I, I definitely didn't. Like, I think I remember you and I just like left with such emphatic, um, We're like done. such an emphatic viewpoint that like, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. And you and I actually had very little discussion either. We were just like, we're done with this. Right. Like it, it was like that minimal. Like I think in the moment it was just so minimal. So like, and I think the fact that like you and I just had this, like we're sort of like attached to the hip, you know, we had this like very similar outlook and yeah, yeah. nothing really more needed to be said. And, and that also speaks to like what happened before and after that, like yeah. in the practice room, what, like what changed? Yeah. Like no, nothing. Right. Like honestly it was, it was more just kind of like, okay, I'm now more focused on what my goal has always been. So more like, I just don't have any extra shit to do. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just going to practice my ass off. Yeah. 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 Dude. That's yeah. Awesome. I love that, man. Well, dude, I, I could sit here with you all fucking day. You know that, uh, we could just, we could, and we should, we should, uh, this should be a, f- a five part interview where I just, we just, you know, unravel all these uh, memories and stuff and we'll, and we'll do that over time. But for the case of this interview, the very first appearance of Jake Harpster on my podcast, I think we should move on. We should get into some segments and games. Are you ready for that? I love it. Yeah. Right. Well, the very first segment, which is basically just going to be more of the same stuff. <laughs> this segment is called the compliment corner. Ooh. The beasts of the forest can be mean and make your day gloomy. To make the world a better place, Ryan welcomes his friends to a magical space called The Compliment Corner. So, in the Compliment Corner, what happens is it gives me and my guests an opportunity to just kind of forget, you know, how dark and gloomy the world can get. You know, just pretend that everything's good and everything, you know, it's just you and me in the world. You know, I'm going to look you in the eye via Zoom, and I will give you a compliment that I mean. <laughs> then you'll look me in the eye, and give me a compliment that you mean, and we'll walk out of here one comment heavier at the end of the day. How's that sound? I love it. All right. All right, here's my comment for you, my friend. This is not a competition. But you don't have to... You don't have to... <laughs> the fact that you say it's not a competition makes it a fucking competition. <laughs> no man i i just i i'm just gonna be brutally honest right now man and that's you're my best friend you know uh yeah i i man we've been through a shitload together which is obvious and that we've been talking about all this stuff and starting to dissect stuff and i, I prepared no questions for this for this uh, podcast interview i just wanted to stay with you in chat um but uh to make a real compliment for you there, there are so many easy ones. Like you're very handsome, incredibly handsome man. You've been handsome forever. Our friendship is just—it's so important to me, man. Uh, like I, I've talked to you about this, you know. Like uh, my wedding can't happen right now, 
and uh, you're my best man, you know. Uh, like, uh, there, there, there are two people in my life that I've always said have been my best friends, you know, and, and they're my oldest friends. And one of those is Ryan Eichelberger, who passed away. That a thing in my life. And and one of them is you, which is the happiest thing in my life. You know, it's just, it's just you know, you're, you're, you're my best friend. And uh, we, we went through so many changes together, you know. It's, an, it's impossible to put into a podcast Man, uh, it's just it's it's the most ridiculous thing for me to have to compliment you, <laughs> of all the people I've complimented for a hundred and whatever episodes that I've done. Uh, it's easy to come up with a compliment for people, uh, but for you, it's just like I, all I think about you is bright and good. You're just you're my you're my favorite person, man. I love you so much, dude. Oh my god, you're gonna make me cry, man. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even like joking or anything, man. I love you, man. I mean that. Me too. I really do. Um, can I go now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I thought about this again, being a, being a friend of the pod and, uh, like sort of preparing in like a loose way of like what I would want my ostensible compliment corner to look like. And in sort of piecing that together mentally on just like random, like Baxter walks or just like, you know, like doing the dishes or whatever. I realized like anything that I would say to you in a compliment corner is sort of reflective of the best man speech that I have already been writing. And like, it was super sad, you know, like all the COVID stuff, whatever. But like, I, I, I can't wait to deliver this for you. But in the meantime, my compliment, dude, you are like one of the most formative people in my life. And uh, I, I really wouldn't be like the person or like the man or the musician or just anything that I am today without like being by your side for so many years and like you being by mine. Um, I think that like morally you're one of the best dudes I've ever met. Um, you, you give everybody the time of day and like you, yeah, there's like, there's a lot of bullshit that comes out of your mouth, but for like humor's sake, but there's no bullshit from a, from a human side of things. Like you, you give everybody the time of day and you care about everybody and like the way your like outlook on the world is like laser focused and um yeah man like i dude i feel the exact same way i'm not i'm not gonna like give my speech right now because that's that's bullshit that's for like a much later day and i i look forward to that more than most days um but dude you're you're a really good man um and uh i can't wait to, yeah, dude i just can't wait to hang again man it's gonna be awesome oh man thank we gotta you. move on from this because i'm gonna get like emotional uh, i'm already getting emotional man. i love you dude Thanks, man. That's a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good feeling. <laughs> well, I, I've been like equally excited and, and also like just completely like emotionally drained just thinking about having a comment corner forever, for, even but way before I made you my best man, you know. But yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I love you. Love you too, dude. All right, well, let's move on. Let's move the fuck on before we... Please. This is getting getting too lovey-dovey. This is getting too (laughs) (laughs) self-indulgent. As of the beginning of the the whole, like, first half an hour of our interview was on. (laughs) This episode, just so the list... If if any listeners are still listening, (laughs) this episode, just for being Jake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really sorry, because, like, again, for all you listeners, I'm right there with you. Like, I... Love listening to this show, and I'm really sorry you have to listen to this show. <laughs> Normally, you get a bunch of bullshit questions. Like, <laughs> that's a good, I, we could obviously go on forever. I, there's so many stories to tell, and I just, you know, our friendship is 
extremely important to me, man. So th- thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for being a member of the Compliment Corner now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So now let's move on to some new games. All right. Or not new games, but new to this episode. <laughs> to this very episode. <laughs> We're going to move on to get your dang butt out of my face. When you get by the human race, what you going to say? In this game, what happens is we get to air some grievances about something. All right? So something's been pissing us off, irking our chain, ticking us off, whatever it is. Okay? And we'll, we'll talk about that thing, and it gives us a chance to figuratively tell that thing to get its dang butt out of our face. Okay? So, Jake, do you have something that's, you know, on the top of your brain that's been pissing you off lately, or do you want me to go first? Uh, you, you should go. Yeah, you can go. Okay. Uh, my thing is something that my brother Jeff and I have talked at, at great length about, and that's this, we're in quarantine times, you know, and the thing that we're pissed off about is all these commercials coming on that say that we're family. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. Old Spice is my family now? <laughs> McDonald's is my brother now? Walmart is my uncle. Uh-huh. Is my mommy? <laughs> Dude, those are those are like my favorite memes right now. Are the ones that are like, oh cool. Hey, thank you for the email, Delta, about how we're all in this together. But when my bag was 0.5 pounds overweight, where the fuck were we then? Yeah, what the fuck is that shit? You guys haven't been family for years and years. The only, the only, the, literally the only place I want to hear saying we're family is Olive Garden now. Because I'm like, they've been saying it for a long time. Olive Garden should be like, hey guys, aren't we family? Order some damn breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this copyrighted since 1987, <laughs> alright? Yeah. Everybody shut the fuck up. You're not family with 7-Eleven. They don't give a fuck about you. Buy their dirty hot dog. So, so that's my problem. It's just all these companies that are all of a sudden saying we're family. I'm like, we're not family. I've been paying you forever, and now you're saying we're family. It's like, no, we're not, we're not family. We're not family. You're not taking care of me. Now you just want me to give you more money when I have no money to give. That's the opposite of family. You suck. And so what I have to say is, hey, businesses who have not said we're family before, but now demand that we're family? Be <laughs> price. Get your dang butt out of my face. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. I mean, Olive Garden seriously does get it. I, 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 like, Olive Garden seriously does get a free pass right now. You know? I'm like, we've all made fun of them for years and years and years about being like, when you're family, you're, he-, you know, you're here, whatever. Like, when you're here, you're family. And it's like, hey, when I'm with my family, I don't pay anything. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, how about and- you? And there's only two settings in my entire life that I've ever felt comfortable and not judged putting a mountain of Parmesan cheese on True. pasta. And that's in public at Olive Garden or in the privacy of my own, own home with my family. And even then, I feel a little judged. Yeah, because they're, they're like, that, that's probably enough cheese by now, right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Olive Garden. Olive Garden, you're the true heroes. Everybody else, get your dang butt out of my face. <laughs> What's uh, yours? I think 
I think those who I want to get my dang or their dang butts out of my face are, and and forgive me, like I haven't heard this segment since uh, for for all the Corona Files episodes. But so if, if this has been done before, I apologize. But I live in um, a, a part of DC that is, uh, I mean, super like heavily pop- populated, bunch of people, and um, we're super fortunate. But me, me and my partner Sophia, we live right on the, the waterfront of the Anacostia waterway. It's this beautiful little spot and um, great little park area. Baxter, our, uh, our dog loves to run around. And uh, that's kind of like, that was our draw for moving to the neighborhood. And um, since this whole thing has started, all these parks, like shout out to the, to the Navy Yard DC, they put up these big red signs to say like no gathering, all that, like they're following the rules. They're like doing the responsible thing. And, um, you know, I could send you uh, a bunch of pictures that I've taken out at our little window here, but it has never been more populous outside of our place. So every time I walk outside, not only do I have a mask on and glasses on and like, I'm like using PPE. I'm like trying to maintain social distancing. I'm like trying to do my part as a responsible citizen, but I walk outside and people are just gallivanting around all these, like, forgive me, but like basic bitches where they're having their little picnics or like CrossFit bros out, like bring their like barbells out into the lawn, just not wearing masks. Like, I don't give a fuck if you do those things, at least like pretend like you're taking this whole thing seriously and wear a fucking mask. But like, everybody's just out pretending like nothing is going on. All super close together, right? Yeah. 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 People are like meeting up and hanging out and like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think the outlook right now is that, like this is all overblown and not everywhere. I think a lot of people and a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations are taking this very seriously, but your run of the mill Joe Schmo that like I see when I have, like I have to take Baxter out a few times a day for a walk and I do everything I can to like maintain social distance. And then I see like people running by or like out having picnics and it's just like, dude, get your fucking dang butt out of my face or at least put a mask on your fucking dang butt, you know? Yeah. Put a mask on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude, that's my beef. That's my beef of the week right there. Beef of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dude. I, I feel the same way. I will say that over the over the corona files we've done, I, I've mentioned several times that like when when I go outside in my neighborhood, I'm not wearing a mask. Uh and that's because I am far away from everybody. I'm, I'm like exactly. Street. I'm, I, I'm well more. I'm like, like ten feet at least between me and, and another person. At very least, I'm talking like uh, across the street entirely. Or get in the middle of the street at least, and like, like I don't come. I don't come anywhere. But you know exactly. Uh, so that's for me. I'm like but even just saying that you have an awareness. You know, like you are aware of how close your fellow woman or man is from you. Mm-hmm. And you adjust accordingly. More more- the people, the people who are out there, just like with zero awareness for like or care for like who's around them or what they should be doing for society. It's like, dude, come on. Anybody that walks around going like, I'm gonna do my running now, and you can get out of the way. It's like, no, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you get out of the way. Like, if you want to run without a mask, then run somewhere where there no, there are no people. You know, like, yeah. like in my neighborhood is like it is. My like literally, I was just talking to Laura about this last night, where I was like, "Our neighborhood is just 
at the point where like if there were more people here walking all the time i would just have to go somewhere else you know like because it's like i i can avoid everyone right now but i but i am pretty much constantly avoiding people you know but but i'm doing the work like i'm getting away from them yeah and but i also think i'm taking it more seriously the most people where I've been quarantined since March 11th <laughs> and haven't gone to stores or anything. I'm just by myself all the time. And like Lori has, it has jobs that like bring her out of the world. So she's the one that's like doing the shopping and stuff. Like she's the one that's going out into the world and doing the scavenging for us. Um, so for me, like, you know, she, she comes home and like, you know, it's like laundry in the washer and she's in the shower immediately. The minute she gets home and I'm just like been home for two months, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's just a weird thing. But, uh, I can get behind it completely, man. I think yeah. assholes. Look, and, and I know everybody has a different outlook and I, I totally acknowledge and understand that like there might be people listening. They're like, yeah, it's like not that, you know, like you're probably okay. And, and I, I get that, but like our economy has already failed and like people have already lost jobs. People have already lost work. People have already died most importantly and like gotten sick. At least pretend like you give a shit for at least until whatever regulation I know, like there's information coming from every which way and some of it is dependable. Some of it isn't, but like at least fucking pretend like you give a shit about your fellow human person for a little bit, you know? Of course that, and that's the whole thing. My brother Jeff was making the best <laughs> argument the other day about people that post stuff on their, on their, their, on their Facebook pages and stuff. And like when people are like are arguing against it, like guys, come on, like, you know, don't, you know, you don't need to wear a mask. You don't need to bother. You know, Jeff is like, have you like, whenever somebody puts numbers up or anything, they're like, Oh my gosh, these numbers are insane. You need to get these numbers to the president right now. You need to get these numbers to Italy. You need to get these numbers to like the, the <laughs> Right now, like, like I don't know how you found these numbers, but like you're in a you're a genius. Have you told Elon Musk these numbers yet? Have you told the numbers to like just like for, like, you know, more and more like escalate? Like, you're a genius. You used to work at at Kmart, but now you're just the the biggest genius we have on the block. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I get that. I get that. That I get that angry vibe with just people. I'm just like, God damn it. You know, and, and like, I, and I and I also I also get mad when people roll their eyes at me when I'm not wearing a mask, and and, I, and I'm like I'm a, across the street from you or something, you know, like where I'm I, 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 I'm doing a very like specific effort to stay away from people and all that stuff, you know. So I get that it's hard for everybody, but see, I just wish people were more uh, smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and there's like a just leagues of difference between like taking a quick walk and like walking your dog when you don't have a mask and you're like away from everybody yep. versus like the people who are like getting together and having barbecues in like, you know, like a, a public park that is only like 50 or a hundred square yards or something like that. Like it's just yeah. like, don't do it. Come on. Just like at least pretend like you're riding the wave with everybody. And I probably, I like, I promise in like probably like two weeks, We'll all just be a free for all, anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Are you ready for the next segment? Oh yeah. All right. We have one more segment, and then we'll come to the end of the show. This segment is called "From Little Baby to Fully Grown Man or Lady." Thank you, thing. 
from little baby to full grown man. Or a lady. You hated a thing, now you love that thing. Now you're grown up and you wanna say thanks to that thing for being a thing. In this segment, what happens is you and I talk about something that, you know, when we were little boys, little babies, little children, used to drive us nuts. Hated it, you know. But now as adults, we love that thing. So it gives us an opportunity to talk about that and then then take a moment to go, hey, thing, thank you for being in our lives. You know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Following. This is going to be good. All right. So would you like to go first with something or do you think, should I go first on this one? Go for it. We'll, we'll stick with the, the system. It's a proven system. Okay. For me, the thing that I, that I would like to, you know, to talk about today is, is dishes. Doing dishes. I hated that chore. I used to be a trash boy. <laughs> that was my <laughs> chore of the week. I like to do the trash. <laughs> trash boy. <laughs> and uh, I would do the trash, and I had no problem with that. That being said, uh, I, I hated doing the dishes. And nowadays... I love doing the dishes. It's become like a, not only is it like the chore, like it's always been the chore that I like minded the least, you know, I, I would I was like, oh, I'll do it. But now I like to cook. I like to cook dinner and like, I like to clean up and I like to do the dishes and I like to keep the kitchen clean. I like to keep everything organized. It's, it's the chore that I like doing. It helps me Zen out. I like to crack a beer and put the podcast on and just like chill for, you know, 30 minutes while I'm doing dishes and just, kind of chill for that half an hour. It takes about half an hour, 30, 45 minutes, depending on like how much, you know, there's to do, you know, cause I also like, you know, clean the stove and clean the kitchen a little bit and just like kind of organize things a little bit. And I just think that dishes have become kind of this Zen thing for me. So what I have to say is, Hey, dishes. Thank you. Thing for being in my life. <laughs> Give me an adult thing to look forward to. I really do like it now. It's the chore that I enjoy. I like it. That's good. I, I feel the same. And I think mine echoes that in a way. Um, but my, my thank you thing is long drives. Ooh. And I remember as a kid and like no beef with my parents. I love them more than anything in the world. But you know, like our taste in music has never agreed. And, and again, going back to the theme of like <laughs> when I was younger and like less developed i didn't have the language to express the things that i now think but i think i still thought them when i was that age you know what i'm saying and yeah i grew up you know as as you did in kansas and it's like people for better or worse listen to a lot of country music there yeah and i think from a really young age i had this like visceral disdain for that for that genre of music playing like if i like got a gig and i was like playing like sure whatever like I, like when i'm sitting behind a drum set playing like I don't really mind playing anything, but just sitting and listening to country music on the radio is like kind of a hard thing for me to do. And it's something I've, I've tried to like get myself away from, but I can't deny myself. It's like a hard thing. Totally. Yep. But like nowadays, I think it's purely an issue of like access to like the media that we enjoy and like between podcasts and like Spotify and just all the, all the different kinds of music that we, and, and like means of like getting media that matters to us, like doing dishes or like doing a long drive or something where we don't have to just sit and listen to country music. Right. Yeah. It's now fun. You know, it's like now kind of an enjoyable thing. So what do you want to say to that thing? 
So long drives, thank you. <laughs> or something. Or something. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, quarantine, yeah. like this whole quarantine thing, though, like whenever I have to run an errand that's more than like outside my neighborhood, I'm like so excited to like get in my car and just like, yeah, just like, I mean, you know, we, we both cohabitate, love my partner. It's great. But like to be alone for a second is just like a godsend and to like just yeah. be alone in your car, like listening to pod, a podcast that you want to listen to at like a volume that is acceptable and just like taking care of an errand. You're just like, Oh my God, this is heaven. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. It's, it's big. And it is one of those things where it's just, I think everybody everybody listening can relate to that. We're just like, no, I love my husband or my wife, or my spouse or my partner or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or like or, or I just love being alone or lo- love my roommate or whatever. But these times have made it extremely difficult, you know, to just find some alone time. And and it's I think people are valuing that much higher than before. Yeah, definitely. Hey, I so I so I think that. Uh, it's important for you and I, in particular, to mention our dear friend, Will Reno. Oh, of course. I just think it's important to give a little shout-out to Will Reno. Uh, we love him so much, and we haven't talked about him this episode, and he's probably freaking out. Why haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we both, should we both uh, as like a final special edition segment, give our, give our favorite Will Reno story? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. You first. So it's your idea. Oh my god. Okay. So, Will, if you're listening, and to everybody listening, he there's I have so many favorites, and like because of that, I like I can't just like give one story that like epitomizes Will. So I'm going to give the first story that comes to mind, and that is when we were when we were roommates, senior year in college. Will had already won a job as a professional timpanist. And he was kind of like the first person we all knew that like did that feat, you know? Yep. And after and so, that, it was just like, he just kind of graduated and then just, and then just got a job. I mean, it was just like the epitome of badassery. Yeah. Uh, um, but I remember like after that, it was like every day I would come home and like, you know, we're still pulling long hours, uh, at school and like in the practice room. And, um, Will would like go to, um, bear's place uh karaoke night and then like the entire like bar staff from bears would like come over which was awesome and like i loved all of them but we would basically stay up to like four or five in the morning like listening to records and like smoking cigarettes and like drinking wine and stuff and other things and um yeah that's like probably my most like quintessential will memory is just like the sort of daily routine of like knowing I was going to come home at one in the morning or like midnight or whatever it was from the practice room and just be like over it and knowing that I was going to walk into like a really, really fun situation and Will was going to be like in the best mood and like everything was going to be good. It was like the best. I love you, Will. I love Will too. Uh, This is kind of like a compliment corner specifically catered to Will um, where I feel the same way. My will memory, I, I, there's, there are two. Well, oh man, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just, I'm like the, the one I want to say is I'm, I'm just afraid that I've said it before, but I'll say it again right now, which is that 
when I met Will, like he he he, he was older than us. He was doing his I I, I can't remember his, his was, was he doing his masters when he started. Yeah. Yeah. So we we met and like I remember turning twenty one and like and just being like practice 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 you know and like there was this day that Will came over to me and. He's like, "What are you doing, man? What are you like? Like we were in the we were in the in the annex or whatever, and like just hanging out." And he's in the, and, uh, and he's like, "What are you What are you doing?" I was like, oh, I, "I'm just waiting for my practice room to open up." And he's like, "Have you eaten lunch yet?" And I was like, "No, I haven't. I'm I'm hungry, but I but I have a practice room left to open up." And he's like, "Well, what if we just like went went and got some beers?" <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that sounds good." <laughs> like, and, I never thought that was okay, but like. You're I was making like, that okay. 21, and I was just thinking, like, I could skip today of practicing <laughs> and just go, like, get beers with a guy <laughs> that I'm friends <laughs> with right now. And then we had, like, the best night. And that same day, he was like, hey, he's like, so we're, we're all meeting back at my place to play. Uh, we're, he's like, we're going to play Tetris at my on, on uh, I think it was, like, NES or NC. I can't remember what, what game system it was. And I was just like, you guys are playing Tetris? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Like I'm unstoppable. And I was like, nah. I was like, nah. <laughs> he's just like, no. He's like, no. Seriously. And I was like, nah. You're, you're not, man. Let's go, let's go play tennis. He's like, you think you can beat me? And I was like, yeah, of course. And and, and, he, and he it was just like, dude, you be a little cocky bitch right now. Like you know, like, like got really behind, like got really like really in my face about it. And then after, we, then we went and played Tetris, and it was a nonstop. Uh, Tetris for where, where I was like, I have humility about many things that I do in my life, but Tetris is something that I will never ever bra- not brag about, which is the fact that I'm amazing at Tetris and I, I worked hard for that ability in my life, and I crushed Will and all of his friends, and all of them were like, "Who is this guy?" And Will was like, "I don't know. We're just drunk." And- <laughs> <laughs> was like roommates with all these guys that didn't go to IU and like uh, had friends with all these people that were just in Bloomington, you know. And uh, so I felt like a real townie that day, and uh, and it was just such a great thing, you know. I remember just like not only breaking my my like whole attitude about it, just like you can just go drink beers for a day and be fine, <laughs> you know, like cut loose a little bit, and then also this like thing of like. Yeah, you're really good at Tetris, which made me feel really good as a, as a person too, because I I still care about how good I am at Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that Will was always really good at. Is like when you hung with him, you were with like like the towny people, and I I think that's why Portland suits him so well to this day. Yeah, to this day, it's still his like strongest strength. Yeah, yeah, I remember like coming home and like people that I had no idea who they were and like were like cool as fuck and like had tattoos and stuff when I was like 19 or like 20 or whatever. I was like, Whoa, dude, this guy's awesome. Yeah. And what was like their best friend they've known for you? All these stories. Even yeah. though they just met at karaoke that night. It's still the same way. That's why I've told this story. I think on the podcast and, and certainly for our drum friend, it's just like you go to Portland and hang out with Will and every bar you go into, there's a beer waiting for Will, like opened and everything. Like they 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 crack a rain air for him when he walks. Like like when he walk, like they see him walking. We're gonna keep going on this Will segment because like I remember visiting Will when the Blast tour ended in 2012. Yeah, no, this was 2011 before like we even. Yeah, it was like the end of the U.S. tour. It ended in um, Bellingham, Washington, and uh, I remember specifically taking the train like the Amtrak from, from Seattle 
down to uh, Portland just to hang with Will for like a week. Yeah. And I mean, he had been there, what, like a year and a half at that point or like two years or something. And he was already like a figurehead in Portland. Like everywhere we went, he like knew every bartender and like knew every restaurant to go to. And it, he, yeah, it was like, it was very impressive. It was awesome. He's that kind of guy. So there you go, Will. I know you listen to every episode. <laughs> Fuck you, Will. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> we just had to give Will some love. I, like, there were several times throughout the, the, the first half of this interview where I really wanted to mention him. And I could feel, I could just feel him listening and, and, and I, and I wanted to talk about, you know, talk to him and talk directly to him because he listens to every episode, you know, and he talks to me about it. So Dude, I, at this point you're like Fox news with, uh, I'm sorry, never, I'm not going to go there. Sorry. I'm like Fox news. <laughs> <laughs> no, cut this, cut this, what I just said out. Cause I was going to like, yeah, never mind. Nothing, nothing. We're not going there. <laughs> Ryan is super strong. Is the Fox News of podcasts? That's a, a <laughs> this week's guest. Like tar- targeting targeting your message to one specific powerful listener. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. All right, man. Well, hey, man. We're coming to the end of the show. Uh, as surprising as that is, after two hours of recording. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I did, so like the you know the last the last question I asked everybody is some you know keep in mind that the name of the show is Ryan is super strong, you know so the last question everybody gets is simply hey Jake, are you super strong? You know I'm glad you asked me that question, and I think before I came on the show, um, there was like a big part of me that question that very uh very subject but having gone through this two-hour gauntlet with you uh-huh. and um undergone this intense line of questioning and uh-huh. really been forced to like have this uh deep level of self-reflection i think i can honestly say that i am now super strong Ooh, mama thanks to you did that come through on the mic? <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, so for anybody that's relating to you or listening for the first time because you're on or like, you know, likes the show and listens all the time, but just likes to cut of your jib, what's some advice that you could give, you know, to the listeners that might be relating to you that could make them as super strong as a Jake Harpster? Oh, man. Um, stay in school. Uh, don't don't do drugs. Oh, oh, my dog is barking. I'm sorry. Baxter, hey. Baxter, bullshit. Come here. Bullshit. <laughs> he quit school. He does all the drugs. Bullshit. He never finished but, school. <laughs> oh man, shit. I was not prepared for this question. Um, oh, big no. friend of the show listens to all the episodes. You never knew this question was coming to you. I forgot about this question. Oh, he. Um. <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> uh, if there's any advice that I could give, it would just be to to get yourself a friend as super strong as Ryan. Um, I'm I'm very lucky and very blessed, and um, you know that's the long and the short of it. Oh man, that's horrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> No, 
No, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate this whole episode. And like I said before, I, I feel like we covered, I feel like literally we, we did a horrible job. We did a horrible job covering the first couple of years of our friendship really is what this interview was. <laughs> I feel like I could just talk with you for, you know, so many hours and just go through the, the, the years and have like a you know, fun podcast episode for every year. We've been friends, you know, and talk pretty about much crazy things we've been through, but uh, but you know, so I'll, I will certainly have you on again. Uh, the the minute that we're able to hang out in person again, uh, we'll do an episode in person. It's been something that's been on my you know list to do forever, uh, and just for whatever stupid reason never worked out. And now the the Zoom you know Corona files are happening, and I just I, so I'm having all my friends on that I can have. And but like you know, you're number one, man. I love you so much, man. I love you, dude. Well. As soon to to further that point, as soon as um, there's like travel bans lifted and people can like move around freely again, LA is my first stop. So we'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll do something, man. We'll, we got to hang out as, as soon as possible, and we obviously have large goals <laughs> ahead. Especially Lori and I, <laughs> we, our goal was seemingly uh, within grasp, and it's not now. So we'll see what happens in the future. But um, either way. Uh, where, where can people follow a Jake Harpster? You know, where, where, where can we fo- find you on social media, YouTube videos or websites or what, like, you know, where can people find a Jacob Harpster? So, uh, uh, opposed to most of your guests, I think I'm probably like pretty closed down as far as social media goes. The only, the only avenue that I really, like I have a Facebook just cause like who doesn't, you, you just like need it to like check into email and stuff. But Instagram at Jacob Harpster, that's about the only thing that I ever go on or use or check. So that's, that's the one right there. Just the best one. Instagram is my favorite thing, you know, and uh, yeah. I always take this moment to plug Chad Coleman, who did the art for the show, Chris Hackman, for, who did the intro and outro music, the Instagram Thanks, guys. super strong. The Twitter is at super strong Ryan. And most importantly, if you are listening to this show for the first time and like it, or you know, listening for the millionth time, you know, what I always encourage people to do is to get on Apple podcasts, give us a five star rating and leave a review of some kind. Because when you do that, uh, the show grows all over the world. We have listeners literally all over the world. And I'm always confused as to why people are listening in these crazy countries, but I'm thankful for everybody that listens to this for whatever reason it is. I think I have badass friends and badass guests every week. And whenever the show grows more ears, get on my badass guests like Jake Harpster here. So please do keep reviewing the show and helping it grow. And before I wrap up the show, I will just say one more time, thank you so much to Jake Harpster for being on my wacky-ass stupid show. It's not wacky-ass or stupid, dude. I love you, man. Thank you so much for having me. I love you, too. We got to do more of these in person. I, you know, You're my favorite boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Thanks man. for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course, and thanks for coming on. The last thing I do is I try to... I, I talk to one listener or a group of listeners, and I try to get them to up their game in some way. This week is no different, and I will start that right now. All right, guys. This week, I'm going to be talking to someone very specific to me and my neighborhood. It's this guy that lives a few blocks away from me, and he's a real asshole. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, I mean you you might not listener, but you you're listening right now and you're the guy that I'm talking to. Hey. Yeah, when I walk when I walk past you and I hear you saying stuff like I fucking hate all these liberal pukes. Stuff like that. 
that's stupid, man. You sound stupid. You're a dick. You're being a jerk. I've heard a lot of things that this man has said. And, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm talking to you now. I know that you're listening. You're in my neighborhood, so you got to be listening, right? <laughs> hey, butthole. Stop being such a butthole, dude. We've got enough shit going on. We don't need an asshole like you screaming and yelling around the neighborhood without your mask. Just to prove a point and be a dickhead. Dumb dickhead. Okay? Hey! Listen to the advice of someone like Jake Harpster here. Listen to the advice of all my past guests who drop knowledge. And a lot of them are these liberal pukes you speak of. <laughs> what about these ugly jerk assholes like you? I want you to shut up. You know what I'm saying? Get your dang butt out of my face, you dumb butthole. <laughs> if you do that, maybe one day you'll be super strong too. Just like Ryan. <laughs>